0: coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have Matt Moody. Uh, Matt's been a near and dear friend to me and C-Level. We've shared many of shows throughout the years with uh, Matt's various projects and um, still do. So Matt is playing virtual show CLE May 31st with Liz. Um, This conversation is going to be part one. We get pretty specific because when he started his first group, sea level was just kind of starting at the same time we have a lot of shared gig history because of it um and we get into it in this conversation um before we get into the interview i'm going to share a new recording he put out which is how are you today he uh did this track with hannah stack let's check it out Matt Moody with uh, Hannah Stack, beautiful harmonies, awesome tune, Um, and they did it all all from home. Quarantine tune, one of many I'm sure we're going to hear. If you can rate, review, subscribe, comment, and share the podcast, it helps us get the podcast heard and helps our guests get their voices amplified. And here we go, Mr. Matt Moody, part one. Alright, cool beans, man. Um... I'm just gonna jump right into it. If you're ready,
1: yeah, I'm ready. Sure.
0: Cool beans. We're doing the Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Matt Moody. How's it going, my friend?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: Not bad. How's quarantine been?
1: Oh, uh, nice. Kind of actually. Um, uh, apart from you know the general like (laughs) disaster in the news of the day, uh, it's been quite relaxing. I think. Yeah. Was yeah. it
0: in the in the the peace of mind relaxing, or in the just the physicality of not having to do anything relaxing? I guess they're kind of the same thing. Now I think of it. Would... I guess
1: I guess a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess both. Um, definitely the physicality of like yeah not having to run around and play five <laughs> gigs a week. You know, has yeah. kind of had a break. I'm not gonna lie. So, um, but yeah, just more time to think too. I guess.
0: Yeah. Have has there been any uh, quarantine revelations? <laughs> That like <laughs> that are changing uh, the guess, game.
1: I guess nothing, nothing groundbreaking, but um, <laughs> you know, just uh, a a a more uh, general direction for things, if you okay. will.
0: Cool, yeah. man. Was it a? Because I know you've been like most people have been doing the streaming thing and like trying to like kind of keep the the of daily the daily routine to some degree. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Like, uh-huh. I'd imagine like my, most of my Facebook friends, your Facebook friends are all in some type of band like, you know what I mean? You can yeah, see that sure. they're all doing stuff and like engaging in this, this digital realm of things. And it's kind of like almost it's inspiring a, like that people are still doing things, but it's also exhausting in the sense you're like, fuck, now I got to do a thing. How am I going to do a thing? You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I've kind of, gotten away from social media more so than i've ever been um or at least like in the past i don't know number of years uh mainly for that reason just to get (laughs) away from all of the i'm doing this and i'm streaming here and i'm doing that because it it really it's just like a it it creates a whirlwind for my brain and a lot of times wanna you know not uh not be on someone else's like idea beyond my own idea, you know, yeah. so, uh, I, I definitely feel, you. Yeah, it's been a little bit, uh, yeah, like chaotic going on there, but like, if you're still out there hustling, you know, props to you, that's like, you know, definitely. it, it takes a lot to still be doing that in in this time right now. Um, you know, I feel like most people are, uh, or, are, are, I don't know, I've at least felt like slowing down, you know, and that's been like a nice change for me, so
0: that's awesome. I think it's important too cuz like just the rate of doing the gigging musician work cuz you 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 hit upon everything. You do like the original circuit and you're doing like the bar circuit too. You know what I mean? Like or the the cover circuit. You know what I mean? And like those gigs are usually longer and taxier they're more taxing on just like
1: is yeah. it Oh, absolutely.
0: It's, it's you got to be there. You got to be this ghost of a presence right you're this entertainment yeah. uh, entity where you're in the background you're entertaining but you're not overbearing and like when you're doing the original thing it, the mindset's like any opportunity could be amazing and you're like always in this yeah. manic state of like <laughs> um ambition <laughs> like
1: yeah yeah i guess that's that's a that's a good way to put it um it's ambitious but I, at times you know i, I let it get uh, run away from me um, but, like you were saying, those bar gigs, man, sometimes those can be like soul sucking. Yeah. So, whereas, like, you know, venue shows, playing with the band, playing original music, doing stuff like that, that's a little more uh, uh, the opposite feeling, a little more fulfilling, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the bar scene, I hate to say it, but I really don't. <laughs> it so much.
0: There's so. no spirits involved. <laughs> yeah, Food, really. spirits, and times, good times. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: What, what's all their slogans are like? Friendly spirits. Yeah. What the, what's <laughs> meanwhile that mean? you have like a guy heckling you because you're not playing Tom Petty, right? Yeah,
0: though <laughs> that's not how he would have done it. You have not backed down once in your life, have you? Like, yeah, that's kind of the meaning of the song. No, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's a weird. I, it's, I was talking, I had a really good conversation with at least mindset for that type of gig with Ray Flanagan, uh-huh. where yeah. it's. um you're kind of just adding to the atmosphere and like, yeah, it is so sucking. Cause as musicians, we work for just a little bit of that, a little bit of acknowledgement, but there you're not really people. aren't You're, there you're not going to
1: find it outside of yourself there. I feel like playing those sort of gigs, uh, you know, to get the most out of it, you have to go inward instead of outward. Uh, whereas like, you know, a lot of times you're on, on a stage with a band entertaining a crowd at a festival, it's a little bit of the opposite. Still, you have to go inward, you know, dig deep and find that musical inspiration while you're on stage. But at the same time, it's a little more of it. You're being fulfilled by the, you fulfilling the crowd and vice versa. It's just like, uh, this cooperative thing going on. Um, whereas those bar gigs is like the only, the only time I feel satisfaction from them is if I know I'm doing something musically, that's like pushing me to be better, you know, that gotcha. sort of thing. So yeah,
0: that makes that's a that's another really good take on it too, because like you're you're not the forefront of it. So what the the payoff has got to be like you're saying from within. It's got to be like I accomplished. Yeah, that song's hard to sing and play, and I I, I did it. And no <laughs> exactly. One...
1: Or you're you're trying new things. You yeah, know, you have more, more room to experiment at solo gigs and bar gigs and stuff like that. So uh that's that's where i guess i find enjoyment in those in those sort of gigs you know
0: it makes sense because like that you can sneak your new original in with it in between the tom petty songs and exactly it, no one's gonna be like what what just no one's happened? gonna be like wait a minute hold on
1: that's not tom petty
0: <laughs> that's not tom, some dude might but <laughs> it depends on the <laughs> yeah. place but yeah. yeah man so like it's weird also because of the hustling thing, too, or the the streaming thing when you're watching it. It's like, oh, I love Steve, Steve Wright. I'm going to watch his stream. Oh, but you know what? Cody's also steering me, and i got to watch him, too. You start to like feel this pull because all your friends are doing things.
1: Yeah, again, I go back to I've <laughs> just been off of it for the most part, checking it in the morning, yeah. maybe once at night, and then beyond that, just trying to go deeper into my own world and not, yeah. not the whole internet world. The internet kind of drives me nuts. Sometimes it, you know,
0: I feel it. I feel <laughs> it. What's that look like for you? Has that been like more writing, more focused on learning other things or,
1: um, yeah, just learning other things musically and writing and experimenting and getting more into home recording, which is always something I've done, but you know, have always felt like an amateur at, Yeah. Um, but now I've just found it a really good time to, to just you know uh, bone up essentially, yeah. um, all of that stuff. So it, it's been, it's been a nice time. Still, you know, having the same creative output, uh, maybe well, actually a lot more creative output because a lot of times you know I was just going around gigging. I would know, yeah. be exhausted from that a lot of the times. Um, so it's it's freed up a lot of my energy to just like I said go deeper into. Uh, the other side of, you know, music that I, I've been wanting to explore, but have put on hold at times just because of, you know, gigs, playing a lot of gigs. So,
0: yeah, it's, that's, uh, that makes sense. Like as far as like being able to be more creative, cause now you're the engineer, you don't have to call a guy, you know, you know, or at least you. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm sure, you know, I'm still learning my way through it, but I'm sure the process of writing the songs, and tracking them yourselves and producing them uh, yourself is, you know, a very fulfilling feeling at the end of the day.
0: Uh, so I guess I'm yeah. just looking
1: to do more of that in the future, you know. So That's it, it's, a, it's a good experimentation time for me right now. Say.
0: Straight printing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like
1: I, I don't know if uh, I feel like I'm skewing this in my mind, but I feel like I've heard he had he had like some gold microphone in the center of his console that would like raise and lower, wow. and that's how he would track vocals. You know, because he would engineer everything himself and produce it himself. Yeah, yeah. Wow! And his microphone would just... Uh, and for some reason, I'm imagining it was like pure gold. I guess
0: <laughs> just <laughs> I like know, the records. It was yeah. made from records. It was made from his own records, <laughs> his own <Yeah>. gold <laughs> records before so he made I'm going them. For
1: that, yeah, exactly.
0: But that's a. It, to, to foresee the song is one thing, right? And to foresee yeah. the the recording of it and the end-all production of it as a a full composition is another thing. Mm-hmm. And to manufacture all those things in within that, it's such a learning curve and like
1: it's huge. It because it, they're all their own art in itself and their own science and skill. So it's because like it's uh. It's not an easy thing, I guess. You know, you have to be not just a master of one thing, but master of many things, or jack of all trades. I don't really know. Can you be master of everything? You really can't be master of
0: everything. That's well said. But you can sure. be
1: you can be good at everything. But then again, coming back around to Prince, he was pretty damn good at <laughs> just about everything,
0: for sure. Yeah. I guess that's an exception. There's an there's always yeah, yeah. the the outliers, um, right. Yeah, but I feel like everyone's always in the process of learning a thing. Like, if Prince had to, like, make a record now, he would have to learn some shit. Yeah, you know I mean?
1: Oh, but yeah, for like... sure, yeah. I feel like, I mean, in any in any field in music that you're in, or, or I guess any art, or I'm sure, you know, even, like, yeah. engineer, rocket scientists, it, it's a constant learning thing. Because even the fact that, like, just being a musician and all the amount of gear choices we have just like excites me so much, but at the same time discourages me because it's like, there's so much gear and some of it's easier to use than others, but it's just, it's like exciting. But at the same time, it's like, how am I going to memorize how to turn this knob and not this knob on the Q 76 compressor? Like how it's,
0: And even just the fact, the fact of the science of compression or like, what, how, how, how do I keep this?
1: Right. Even just understanding that in itself,
0: like let alone besides finding the one that works for the rig and the sound and everything, all that, all that bullshit aside from what you have and how you need to make it work, you got to know everything that that concept does, or even how to keep vocals in phase and how, like, to, to set it right so those backup vocals aren't low enough to drown out the kick drum, and that's, you know, I mean, that's... Right.
1: Yeah. Mad respect for all those guys yeah. that know all that technical stuff. Because, like, you know, like, we can do it at home, and it can sound all right, but they're, you know, they're fine-tuning it to the point where it's like, there's no these two instruments aren't buzzing at 1.5 K, you know, it's just like knowing that inside yeah. stuff just really takes us to the next level.
0: Even like, even as basic as looking at a graphic equalizer, like on a stereo and uh-huh. getting that, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm overwhelmed with options with one of those on like a, a thing oh, just one of the
1: fan things. Yeah. 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 I'm like, Oh
0: man. Do I need the, the but like it's so specific. Like,
1: there's a lot of frequencies going on here. <laughs> Which one's the right one?
0: Do I want I maybe? don't know. Uh, I'm gonna pull
1: this down. Nope, that was wrong. Yeah. It's a it's a lot of that still for me going on. But that, but that, that you know, I'm exciting, going man. to I'm going to YouTube university. So <laughs> yeah. It really it's really been great.
0: There's who who have you been following on YouTube? What are the what are the videos um, you've been checking out? Well,
1: really, I most recently I've been watching this. Um, uh, it's so waves. You're, are you familiar with mm-hmm. waves?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, they did a, like an eight episode course. It's all free, uh, and it's hosted by Dave Darlington, who's mixed and produced for you know one Grammys, this and that. So wow. like. His credits are super legit, um, and he did a an eight episode free course. Um, each episode's an hour, about an hour, um, and, and it's called From Demo to Master. So it's wow. essentially you know just he takes you through his mixing process and explains. Why he's doing what along the way and that sort of thing. So that's that's what I've been watching recently. Um, so for anyone who's trying to learn mixing, that's been a great tool and it's free. So waves.com,
0: waves.com uh, plug. Yeah, sponsoring yeah. Zig at the Gig. How about that? Um, this podcast <laughs> yeah. brought to you by that free course. <laughs> but you don't know.
1: Gonna... Are we allowed to endorse things that we're not actually endorsed by? Like how does that work?
0: I think it's more important. like a trial. So if they're like, "You know what? I like how they sold my thing. Maybe we should endorse them or not." They're doing fine, yeah. I think it's a win-win <laughs> sitch. Um, yeah, I guess so.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're getting free promo, so I Yeah. Would they? Uh,
0: but I feel I feel like that's important because like um I've always looked at it like seeing the the difficulty within, like all those like little things that can cloud the vision of just having the demo become the song. Um yeah. And in my mind, I find it. I'm okay with paying someone to do that, or not worrying about that to focus on the other thing. Uh-huh. And, um, but that being said, I don't. I don't have the tools to do to execute it right. And if I did, right. I, I probably would uh, approach it differently. But like, I think that's just the the idea that you're diving into this realm because that's going to open up a world of possibilities. Because you just you put out a. a um, a song not too long ago a single with hannah hannah Stapp. yeah and was that all done at your spot so that that
1: was recorded at home um but i sent it out for mixing and mastering because i i still i was not at the point where you know i felt confident confident enough yeah. in my in, to put it out there uh with that so um so like i, I you know the the recording itself yeah um, I guess it's something I've like had down for a while, but the mixing is still, you know, that's a learning curve for me. Um, for sure.
0: But I mean like, but, even like knowing where to put the mics and what mics to use, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. Which I mean, I went to recording school oh years ago and I never, did? I never finished with my associate's degree, but, <laughs> you know, I got the basic knowledge of where to put the mics at least.
0: That's awesome. Where'd you go?
1: Um,
0: I went to the Rat program. Okay, Tri C. Yeah, that's yeah. a real good program.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, that just... um,
0: uh, was that pre or post like going to Nashville?
1: That was that was pre.
0: Okay. That
1: was pre Nash.
0: Pre Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, so I, I'm gonna veer off course a little bit to kind of backtrack. Um, yeah, yeah. For our, for our listeners. Um, what, what brought you to music in general? Because I met you during Shred Rot during the school of rock years, which um uh, I was just talking to Liz and she uh, she went to the school of rock as well and ended up teaching there as as well. Yeah. And um but before that, what, what brought the guitar to in your in your hands? What 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 opened up music for you to be an outlet of expression?
1: Um I think it was there was, like, a moment – There's a moment I remember when I was – I don't know. I must have been 11 or something. And, like, really listening to Nirvana for the first time, um, I think that's ultimately what did it. Yeah. But then there were, there were also, like, other influences. Like, my cousin, um, who was a bit older and in high school, uh, was playing in, like, punk bands and stuff. And I, I would go to see him, you know, a few times, like, Peabody's Down Under. So yeah. I, I think – I think really it was just a combination of Nirvana, and uh, my cousin being in bands is oh. really what what led me to start playing music.
0: Was it what did did your cousin still play in that band? Does he still no no you know? no? He's what band sick. was it?
1: Um oh god it was called <laughs> a single betrayal and I still have the CD in sick. my CD e- booklet from uh, when I was like twelve you know and like yeah. all the other CDs in there are like uh, some 41 and the (laughs) offspring and, um, like disturbed. And then there's a single betrayal by my cousin. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really, but Nirvana, Kurt Cobain was like a, a huge influence on, on me wanting to play guitar. So
0: was it, and when you, so was there beside your cousin, in the in the in the nuclear family was there any musician or mu- like guitars floating around that you were able to get no. your hands no okay no
1: uh yeah not really at all um it was just just mark my older cousin um yeah there's really been like no musicians in my family except for uh apparently my great uncle bill miller was in the boston pops for some time whoa cool um as a piano player, so... But never even knew the guy, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: So
1: that's, that's, like, the one real music relation I have in my family, but other than that, uh, wow. that's about it, you know, as far as music history
0: goes. Distant outlier. Um, yeah. Did you start with a guitar, or did were your parents like, well, maybe if you stick with the piano, or like... No, no, I, okay. no, I started
1: with guitar. Nice. Because, uh, you know, yeah, Nirvana was so in your face and yeah. i was like okay i want to do that too you know so
0: didn't make sense when you're when you're got that thing this thing with metal things on it like did it make I think sense so. not, not was you know it like in a, a,
1: not in a technical way it didn't make sense um you know because i know. was 11 12 and, like, I teach guitar now, you know, yeah. I don't know how much they have going on as far as technically, like, oh, I'm going to move up a half step because that's a B flat. You know, I don't, I don't think they yeah. even can think that way yet. No, definitely um, But don't get me wrong. There's, there's a few kids for out sure. there who, but... who can definitely shred. Um, but, yeah, it didn't make sense in, in that way, but more so in just, like, I like doing this. I could do exactly. it for a long time. That sort of made sense you know
0: i think that's especially for when you're that age like it's weird i've talked to so many people and so many started around that 11 12 that like yeah just into double digits and to me that's a mind-blowing because like i at 11 or 12 i can't remember committing to anything yeah i mean but
1: yeah i guess it it wasn't even thought of as a commitment at that age you know it was just something that you also did on top of you went to school and my parents make me go do whatever and <laughs> i skateboard you know it was just like yeah. one of the other things that i did uh it, it was never a commitment until i don't know is it even still a commitment you know it's just sure something enough. we do it's inside us we do it because it's inside us not because it's I need to make the Grammys or this sort of thing, you know, like we keep doing it each day just because it's, it's always been there, you know?
0: Yeah. So That's an interesting take on it, that it's just this thing that's, it doesn't really, the music or the concept of the music or the concept of the expression is within the person and the outlet can be, can be the guitar or can be the, can be the canvas or can be the, 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 the hipster typewriter or like, I don't know. Or it can be a, it can be a, I just, saw, I watched this video where this guy was taking a typewriter to like a, a um, like a coffee lounge and it's just being obnoxious. But, uh, <laughs> and it's just the loudest thing. Yeah. But, um, it, the, the concept that all that is just the tool for the self-expression, I think is a, is a potent one, you know? And yeah, going into things now and like it's really are you are you doing the this expressing to be kind of noticed or are you doing it to say something type deal and like i think right a lot of that's kind of shining through with certain with certain uh outlets and certain artists but um a th- side thought um so the, the guitar made sense nirvana spoke to you and it resonated which I, like, i'm going to figure this out <laughs> this, 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 the uh, six stream mystery, what, uh, what was the first, uh, what was like the first, like lick or song or chord that like, you're like, that, that's the, that's the first chord that there, about a girl or
1: there were two, uh, that I remember like playing over and over yeah. again, and it was about a girl by Nirvana. Nice. Then the James Bond theme song. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: they're kind of like that same movement now that i think of it
1: <laughs> you know what I mean. Those, like, yeah those were the two where you know i first started learning guitar and those were the two that were just like on repeat every time i picked it up it would be like just hammering those away um good thing i eventually got away from those two songs. i mean
0: those are solid if you if, that's, yeah. if that was an m moody set i wouldn't be disappointed <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? That that would be crazy cool to actually bust out the James Bond theme. Yeah. Uh, with the whole band at some point and play through the thing.
0: <laughs> that would be so sick.
1: That would be crazy. It would continue. What were your What were your like first couple that you remember? Um, playing?
0: For me, it was the intro to Sweet Home Chicago from not Robert Johnson, but the Blues Brothers soundtrack. Uh, okay. Uh, Uh, That makes a lot of sense coming Uh,
1: from you.
0: Yeah, that's that's that was kind of my like um, intro. The things where I had a guitar laying around that my brother didn't play, and Uh the music around the house was blues music. So Uh, to me, I was trying to like that kind of that concept of that was like a small lyrical phrase that you would hear every time that song would start, and like Uh it it kind of um, introed everything that followed it. So just the fact that with I think it's like three or four notes can do yeah. can do so much with so little to Absolutely. me kind of like was like oh whoa and then I think smoke on the water or something was ne- I can't really remember what was next
1: Yeah but, I mean smoke it's it's in there for anybody I feel yeah, like yeah. You put that
0: one in there if you got if you got strings and you figure that minor third you're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> But that's awesome well okay so Nirvana cuz when I met you i think when I when we really met it was school of rock right or was it uh, was it a shred rot gig
1: it was a, it was a shred rot um, and that
0: was at the the Fantasy. first shred rot show oh no shit i didn't know it was the first you,
1: you level played at the first shred
0: rot show. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, wow man i remember Yeah,
1: we, i think we had one house show before that yeah in a basement uh, and then it was the fantasy, it was sea level.
0: Yeah, wow, man, <laughs> that's crazy. we got to do like a, a reunion show at the fantasy before the fantasy,
1: <laughs> that, <would, laughs> that would kind of be fun, actually. It, if we could like really pull it off and get a bunch of people out there. That for be, sure.
0: That would uh, be a really good time. That would be really cool. Um, everything else, but no one else might, <laughs> no one else will probably think it's cool but us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, couldn't you go
1: to right, Dakota we'll be like, or? I fantasy, yeah. and we'll be like, you don't understand. This is where it all started.
0: I carried all this stuff up again the stairs.
1: All the all the stuff up these damn stairs every <laughs> single time. Uh-huh. Man, I was playing a Fender Twin Reverb. Oh man! At that time, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> can't tell you how many times I, you know, we had to tag team. That Fender twin on those back stairs at the fantasy.
0: Yeah, you know, as, as fried as the fantasy became or may still be, like a lot of people got their first gigs there. At least a lot of people I know. That was like a beginning yeah, for a lot of
1: Absolutely, yeah. Same and, same memory for me.
0: And it's like a it's a big enough venue where you're like, Oh, whoa. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is gonna be exactly. cool. And it's kind of like a horrible introduction to what you're going to want to do every time <laughs> like
1: it's kind of, pretty much
0: it's a it's an awful addiction to start with because it's a sick place to start
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um but kind of stepping back before that so you're figuring out this stuff how do you get from singing or just playing guitar to singing as well because that's something you've always like was it seeing the model of kurt cobain and like trying to emulate that with yourself or was... i
1: guess so to a certain degree but really i just when i started out i just wanted to be a guitar player yeah um, and like i always like sang to myself and this and that um but i don't know I, I i guess i just didn't have the courage at first to really want to start singing i just wanted to uh hide behind the strings so yeah. to speak um but my dad was the one to really like talk me into trying to sing. He was the one who like, who was like, hey, you know, I've heard you sing here and there, like throughout the house. You should really, you should really uh, give it a shot, you know? Um, and I eventually like signed up for vocal lessons and did uh, did a show. My first vocal show at the School of Rock was Black Sabbath. Uh, and I think I only got, Dio songs. They only gave me no. Dio songs. And I'm like, even at, like, at that time, I, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Because uh, I was like 15, 16, uh, had just hit puberty, and my voice was like trying to do this. So yeah. Like, you know, that. that. Mob rules. <laughs> like that. So, yeah. But uh, somewhere or another, I pulled off, I actually got the Mob Rules and I pulled off the Mob
0: Rules. So, nice. Nice. Yeah. But
1: that was a hell of a way to like jump into like, I want to start singing. Here you go. Here's some Dio. Sing this.
0: I was like, I'd like to to try coffee. Here's a coffee bean. Make it work. (laughs) Huh? Eat it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, really. Oh, man. That's like such a heavy thing to jump into. But I mean, kind of like makes I don't like so. okay, so you got thrown into it. And was there a (laughs) comfort within that that made maybe a little more sense than the guitar did at first? as far as like how to be expressive with it?
1: Uh I guess singing singing took me a long time to I mean I guess I don't know, it's still I'm still everything's a work in progress. Yeah. Um but it it took me a long time to really like I hate to even say it, but like find my voice. You know?
0: (laughs) And for real, but like
1: really be confident in that. Uh so I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you how many years, you know, it really like took me to to find that and it, it's still something i'm like honing to this day you know
0: yeah um well as a as a someone who who's seen your musical journey from a side like i remember even at the shred rot gig being like this guy's a good singer you know what i mean <laughs> to me your vocals. So, so in my mind i always kind of a uh, thought you were a uh, more uh, a vocal um first uh musician you know i mean i thought that was like kind of your strong suit and like, yeah, I, or or not your strong. I know, I don't want to diminish the other stuff you're doing because like now, like M Moody songs <laughs> are like chord wise, and what you're doing wise are pretty progressive, and there's a lot going on, and it's not just. But anyway, um, but like to me, that always I, I thought that was your kind of focus. Yeah, I mean, I'm like oh, this was could be singing. Yeah, um, you just killed it at it. And like, I
1: guess it's it, it's been like a back and forth. You know, sometimes I'm really like in you know, on guitar, and then other times I'm just but it it's never been like, I've never looked at myself as like a vocalist. I've never thought of myself that way. Like, Oh, I can go on the X factor and just, you know, hit a million runs, <laughs> um, which that's like, that's a whole ass skill again. Yeah, still, for sure. There's so many different skills in, in the music industry to mm-hmm. hone in on. Um, but more so from the writing songs approach and, expressing that way instead of, I've never really thought of myself as, Oh, I'm a singer. It's been more of, I'm a songwriter and, you know, I need to be able to hold my own on, you know, vocals and lyrics and melody and chords at the same time too. So, uh, I guess that's really where, you know, that's been my ultimate point of focus is the songs themselves. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Well, that, okay, so watching you from afar, I've definitely seen your musicality and like in all of those aspects grow to like this awesome point where they are now. And I know every musician and every artist is continually trying to grow. So Uh I don't like, but from the shred rot days to like where you are now, it's definitely like a lot of what you like, a lot of your vocal work and all, it's gotten more expansive. A lot of your music work, like as far as like chord writing and song, um, not court progression writing or progression, uh, <laughs> ah, progressions court progressions and progression. song and song writing has grown so much. Um, uh-huh. But okay. So from, from shred rot or no, we didn't even get the shred rot yet. Shit. I'm trying to paint a picture. Right. Okay. <laughs> I try to, I try to <laughs> guide everyone. But, um, so I think that's one that's amazing. That's still a practice. And as someone who's seen you from afar growing through all this, I'm like, whoa. Uh-huh. He, he's, I always thought you were, like, confident in that, and, like, you know, that wasn't even a thought for you. So for me, as a as a fan and a friend, like, to learn that that's something you really worked on, it's like, yeah. I don't know, that's awesome. I think the more, like, the more human a story is of how, like, one gets to where they are just makes that story so much more relatable to anybody. Right, um, yeah,
1: it's lot Firing
0: that way, certainly. Hold on, Taylor was sending me a thing, but from a from the standpoint of getting, what's she saying? Uh, are you getting? Sorry, I'm sorry. You're all... Sorry. Um, no. um,
1: are we live right now? No, Dave? no, 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 fire? no. This oh, is okay. this
0: is just a uh, audio recording. <laughs> I see. Um. Sorry, Taylor, I think we mixed up the times, or I mixed up the times. Um, But, like, um, so from going from yourself, when did the band become a thing? When did the Shred and the Rot outlet start?
1: Um, Oh, I guess, like, it it started through School of Rock, um, just because, you know, which for those of you who don't know who School of Rock is, uh, it's just, like, a a program for kids. They get together and and jam and rehearse Zeppelin songs or Stone songs songs or whatever Whatever, or Dio songs, whatever the show is, you know. So, um, but so it, it started through that, you know. Like uh, at first, I was just, just doing School of Rock and getting to know a lot of kids who were into music at the time, you know. Um, and then started making some friends through School of Rock. And uh, I think it, it actually came about, Shred Rock started because me and Scotty D, Scott Drastic. Scotty didn't get into the headliners at School of Rock, which was a program. We both got rejected and we were like, Man, fuck this. Like, (laughs) let's start our own band. (laughs) And so we did. And then uh, we got Nick Reinman to join. Um, We went through, like, you know, a few, like, awkward, awkward rehearsals with some other people, trying out different things, me and Scott. But eventually we just, Nick Reinman just fit right in. And then Uh, that was Shred Rot, you know, when we were, we were all like different ages. I was like 17, Scott was 14, Nick was 15. So that's how it started. It started in Scotty D's basement. Um, and then just went from there. We didn't know, we had no fucking idea what we were doing because no one does. That's no one does at that age. Um, But we just wanted to, like, all we knew was we wanted to throw down and kick ass. So that is what we went for in the, like, post-grunge, heavy alternative vein. Um, So it was a good time. Shred Rot was a good time
0: that's awesome and like yeah it's as, as far as like first bands go that's a pretty awesome first band you know what i mean like i would
1: say so yeah not, you're still in your first band aren't you no, that's like no that's kind of the dream you know sometimes like you think about the rolling stones and yeah the Beatles, and like sure maybe it wasn't the first pair of guys they jammed with but it was really like that first bond you know that first band and if you can keep that thing going man it's just like one of the most powerful things in the universe you know to keep that core unit of you and just your diaper buddies essentially (laughs) like still kicking ass, you know? So
0: there, there definitely is a pure thing about that. Like sea level was like my first original, like, or, or kind of, it was like a, maybe not first, it was like second or third, but first like serious one that actually stuck. And I was, I'm very blessed to like still hang out with Cody and still yeah be it's creative. an awesome
1: thing to see and an inspiring thing and I mean you guys well thank throughout man. the years have just kicked more and more ass, you know, as a DBO. So
0: appreciate it. It means a lot coming from yeah. you, my friend. Um but the <laughs> um so when that shifted, you kind of disappeared for a minute. Fred Rot Fred <laughs> Rot disappeared and I guess yeah. from previously in this conversation you went to the rat program for a little bit, but then you yeah. Went, you went but yeah but that didn't last very long but
1: then like we were talking the Nash happened so you know?
0: if, explain the Nash for a little bit
1: like, oh God. how'd that so come a, about like, alright so let me try and condense it but it is a pretty long story Um, so I guess this all it, it takes course around the Shred Rat time or towards the end of the Shred Rat time um uh, got an email from this person in Nashville who was just like interested in managing me, which I didn't even know what that entailed at that point. Um, yeah. so, Jeez. Uh, I was 18, me and my family went down to Nashville to meet the manager essentially. And we stayed the weekend and played her and, uh, call co- coll- let's call her a colleague, Uh, some songs in her living room, you know, and she was like, I think you got like a lot of great raw talent here. Let's like work on it. And, you know, the ultimate goal was to uh, get signed to a record label, I guess, ultimately. Um, But it was just years of like going to Nashville. I never really lived there, but would spend a lot of time there. Um, just going back and forth between Cleveland and just working on everything, doing a lot of co-writes, doing a lot of performing, doing a lot of writer's rounds, um, recording, um, some stuff that I didn't want to be doing, you know. Uh, But it was, there was a lot of, like, growing pains, I guess, because Sharon, uh, my manager at the time, was... Uh, you know, she had this, this vision of me and then there was actual me who still didn't even know who the fuck and what the fuck kind of music he wanted to make um, or who he wanted to be. And it was, uh, it was just like a a weird dichotomy of things. But uh, I guess the main takeaway from Nashville is uh, I certainly have grown a lot from that experience. Um, it's helping me to become, uh, just a more conscious musician, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but it, it, kind of, it kind of all went south after years of working with Sharon.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: after we recorded an album and, uh, had done a lot of work, just like gearing up to essentially pitch to labels and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then things started going south, uh, for her personal life, um, which things I don't really want to get into, you know. Yeah, I
0: know. Uh, it
1: it, it, it kind of just, everything came to a crux and then it kind of just uh, fell flat on the ground hmm. after that. And I was left feeling like, shit, like I don't know what to do again because, like, yeah. you know, the first time like Shred Rot ended was kind of because of the whole Nashville thing. um, And then I was like, okay, now I'm working towards this other thing in Nashville. Here we go. And then that all fell to the ground. And then I was like, oh shit, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, Moved to Columbus for about a year and was still like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, Moved back to Cleveland and essentially just. Dove into the music scene here and have just worked my way from the ground up uh, in the Cleveland music scene. So that's been like my most fulfilling, fruitful part of this music journey thus far has been uh, the Cleveland scene. So well, even in, in, in the, in the and the singer songwriter scene, yeah, um, the you know. Just all of our friends, you know, it, it's been a, it's a, a very fulfilling thing to have that community and to have, uh, you know, great outlets to play at festivals and venues and stuff around here.
0: I definitely g- agree with we have a little magic hub. In, we do. In, yeah. the, in Northeast Ohio. Um, but <laughs> kind of just even like with that brief summary of, um, of the trek so far, it's kind yeah. of like this when you came back here from Columbus, it's like your first time really doing you with the con, not worrying it being applied to a bigger picture of something or someone else's. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been the most, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say natural because shred rot was like, that was, that was, you know, (laughs) just a very pure thing. It was just, we want to rock. We're, 17 and we were on a rock. We're here to rock. Whereas Nashville was like, I'm going to make you into a star. And it was like, I don't feel like a star. Like, at least not in the way that you're trying to make me feel, which was like, she wanted me to like wear suits and and stuff and like (laughs) go to to these gala events, which was cool and
0: all. For sure. But experiences is experience.
1: But it was like, oh man, this ain't me. Like, I'm still you know, a punk to the core. So, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland's just been, it, it's been a good, um, I don't know, home musically, yeah. literally physically uh, and musically. So. What
0: was it? Um, now, kind of like through all the <laughs> mesh of, uh, of Nash, of <laughs> Like, Nash. Of the Nash <laughs> of the the Nash history, it sounds like the the kind of the songwriter takeaways from it is what seems like you're applying the most to the new Cleveland upbringing of your own of your of you. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I guess there is that like you know, uh, pop sensibility, contemporary. I didn't even mean
0: style wise. I just meant mentality because oh. you know I mean I remember. I, I still think it's a fucking a badass thing. Like, you, you wrote with Steve Cropper, or like. Yeah, uh huh. And yeah, like, we wrote
1: songs together.
0: Even just doing that from like a super experience, uh, super like. Steve Cropper's a professional. You know what I mean? There's no yeah, I did, he's but, the man. <laughs> like, but even from being thrown in a situation like that, and you said you did some songwriter circles and like stuff I didn't know about, like, so kind of. Shaking the what you said at the beginning of the interview, the focus to the the song is almost like that's almost like now you've got your you've had like the 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 introduction from the master to some degree or from the professional to like kind of shine light on how it's done quote unquote yeah yeah I,
1: I, that that was a a big takeaway from Nashville was emphasis on the song, which like had already been something in my subconscious, you know just through like the writing I did was shred rot. Like it was still in my mind, always about the song, not yeah. about who can shred the hardest or,
0: No, it's called shred rot. Well,
1: Even though it's it called shred sense. rot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we wanted to shred collectively, but still like make you feel something. Yeah. Um, and like going back to Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, you know, he, he had such a great pop sensibility in his writing and that's just where I took a huge amount of influence, um, was that, you know, shit, like yeah. if I ain't bro, fix it, verse chorus, verse chorus, bridge <laughs> chorus, and like hit that last chorus hard as hell, you know? Um, so I guess Nashville just like reinforced that, but it, it, it taught me the kind of writer I didn't want to be, and I'm still like at times getting away from, like, so much that Nashville has ingrained in me mm. as a writer and that sort of thing. Um,
0: like, what's an, but, e- what's an example of it? Is that, like, a style thing, or is that, like, a, a point of view? Is that, like... Uh,
1: that? It, just the, like, there's, there's pop writing, and then there's, there, there's, like, writing pop because you feel it, you know? Yeah. Or, or writing pop-esque songs because you feel it. And that's, like, that's how I've always felt as a songwriter. I'm writing... yeah. Pop songs in a rock format, you know, um, but there's there's writing it because that's what you feel and that's what you want to do and that's the music you love to make. And then there's the other side of it, like writing for it to get mm. on the charts yeah, and to get yeah. to get a cut on Luke Bryan's album, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's that two sides of the coin.
0: So okay, um, that makes and sense. And I knew I
1: didn't want to be I, writing, you know, for Luke Bryan's album, so
0: uh they might if be better means. they might be better if you did um <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe I, yeah i maybe i'd have found more success by now if i had been writing for Luke Bryan <laughs> uh
0: but i guess Fuck. there's the for and from type deal i guess writing from yourself and writing for someone else and like that's a yeah. that's a really interesting perspective because like i didn't know if it like um maybe it was a certain way of writing like even in within the in the fine print you know what i mean like looking yeah. at it from like um if you want to have a hit song, do not start the song with the word I or start the song with the word I yeah. you know what I mean like i, Which I there's, no,
1: there's no exact science to it either. <laughs> For you know? sure. But there is like I mean, you hear it time and time again. There is like, you know, formulated For sure. pop music. <laughs> yeah. You know? I love it. Yes. Like I was I just got this. I guess I'm going to do, do another free plug for a different company. <laughs> but I just got good? these headphones, and they're Bayer Dynamic DT990 Pros. And the reason I got them is because, like I said, I'm trying to get into this mixing thing yeah. a little more. And I basically just Googled, you know, what are the best headphones for mixing? These seem affordable, and they came up on every list. So I was like, I'm going to give them a shot. And I've just been listening to, you know, all these different kinds of records um, with these new headphones today. Cause I just got them today. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, there's so much like successful music out there, you know, and so yeah. many different genres. but like I was listening to, I don't know, the, the first Tame Impala record compared to the latest Dua Lipa album. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know, I just want to hear the difference sonically and all these things going on. And, you put on like I love that first Tame Impala record. Uh, have had it on CD yeah. in my car for years now, and it's just like it's one of those things I can just like hum the whole album through without even having to think about, it, you know. Um, but like, technically speaking, he, like and he, Kevin Parker's even done interviews about it, saying how, uh, like he didn't know what the hell he was doing recording that first album, and he knows like a lot of the things he did were not industry standard like he said he used 57 on a kick drum which you know you've, you've heard of that sometimes but it's like yeah. it's a hard thing to get unless you're in the EQ master you know it's not going to sound quite like that thumping kick drum and then I put on the Dua Lipa album and like immediately in the headphones sonically it's just like holy shit this thing smacks and it's undeniable like the mix on this and the instrumentation it just smacks but it's yeah. like at the same time you know it's I'm not necessarily listening to that stuff because it's Again, it's not my cup of tea. And a lot of times I feel it's just, you know, formulated. So
0: yeah,
1: uh, th- there's like, uh, it's an interesting thing to think about, like, what, you know, is not technically right, but has more heart will always succeed as opposed to what's technically right and yeah. sounds great, but doesn't have any heart behind it. It's going to flop. You know, there's been countless Albums that have been cut in uh, just like million dollar studios that <laughs> don't spell anything because there's no heart behind them, you know, so it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, like the gear you're using. But like I said, you know, I, I don't even know why I got on this tangent anyway. It's,
0: but It's all good. Uh, <laughs> these
1: headphones are amazing.
0: Oh and, They get the garage, gig, 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 gig brought to you from those headphones. Yeah, <laughs> you and three pop,
1: was... pop stars, their shit does spank. spank. I will say. It's spank. It <laughs> spank.
0: I think so. it's important to to like to at least actualize that. Like definitely especially like with um musicians like now now that the medium is Spotify and and it's it's kind of a single song based thing, right? Yeah. And it can be going through anything. Like with the CD, it's going <laughs> to go, the medium was a CD player which was hooked up to some type of speakers. Some headphones may have not been the thing for a while until they got the portable one, you know. Uh-huh. But like um so the medium of which how mu- of how music is shared I think has a big like uh um factor of a has a big expectation of what is quote unquote good you know what I mean yeah even if um so like that old record uh, uh or any old record's gonna sound completely different and maybe not as good as you remember it maybe just yes. because of what it's going through but like right. uh it it that doesn't degrade the the motion being conveyed and like
1: exactly it 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 boils down to i think one thing and it's just energy you know it's just how genuine is that energy you're putting across um doesn't have to sound great doesn't have to be the most mind-blowing thing sonically or musically for sure uh but how real is that thing you're putting out, you know? And can people connect with it? I think yeah. that's really the most important.
0: And what's a, what's a, even like taking the concept of energy, right, and applying <laughs> music to a, a science sense? What what is music? Well, it's sound waves traveling through air, so it's air molecules moving in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Moving is creating heat. Heat is energy. You know what I mean? So it kind of – I guess it's, there's a lot of factors into it, and I'm kind of thinking out loud, um, explaining it to myself and to anyone who's listening. Um, but like it's it's interesting how that is and how pure a source of that can be when it's all technically the same thing. Scientific, like I'm just like on a it, plane like Well,
1: that. no, no. I, f- I feel you. Like now it's got me thinking about like
0: <laughs> you know,
1: si- signal flow. So like yeah. everything is just ins and outs essentially, you know we Whoa. put our mic yeah. in through an interface and then it comes out on the computer and then we run it through a reverb and then it comes out of the reverb and so on and so forth. Um, but like, so like we're the input into the microphone yeah. and then it creates the output, but then where is the input for us? You know, where is where the output for <laughs> something that's being put into us and what is that you know divine inspiration but then where is (laughs) the input for that you know eventually i think it it all has to
0: circle back there's
1: like a little there's a little bit of gray area up here you know for most of us because we as humans can't comprehend it but it's this it's this whole circle it's just all one big signal flow you know mic drop energy man energy
0: man (laughs) well hey matt um I got Taylor waiting. I really want to get into yeah. um, M. Moody and, and even the Matt Miller band. We didn't. We only got halfway there. Oh, um, um, yeah. Uh-huh. So if you'd be down at one point in the future for your next endeavor to do a part two, that would be sick. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love sweet. to do a part two. Sure. Well, all right, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. We got you and Taylor and Liz on um, May 31st, virtual May shows. May 31st. That's Italy. when it
1: is. Oh, so, yeah, virtual shows. So when are you dropping the podcast?
0: I'm going to put this out either some point in the middle of next week. I'm going to...